It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Pipeline Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with MLB Pipelines, Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis. We are recording this episode on Thursday, May 31st, four days before the Major League Baseball draft. So that's what we're going to focus on, including not a mock draft, but the Callis and Mayo make-believe draft, where they tell you who they would take through picks one through ten, not who the teams will actually take. And we'll see if the... uh, how well the teams match up with Jonathan and Jim's picks come Monday night. Um, before we get to the make-believe draft, though, I want to uh, cover a few other topics, guys. Um, we've continued to talk about the number one pick. It continues to be Casey Mize. Jonathan, I know you have the latest mock out, and Casey Mize still number one going to the Tigers. Um, my first question for you guys as we get ready for the draft is, once the draft is over and it's time to redo the top 100 prospects list, where should Casey Mize fit, or where do you think Casey Mize might fit into that list? Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, it's something we're going to have to do when we do our re-rank. We will, we will fold him in. Um, you know, looking at um, the guys from last year's draft and trying to get a, a sense uh, there, one uh, I guess the one caveat is that you know we will sometimes change grades. So you know the the first thing I'm looking at is that Casey Mize has an overall 60, um, and uh, you know that would put him somewhere in like the 17. If we put him at the end of the 60s, that's right around the 17 where Brent Honeywell is on the current top 100. That feels a little rich to me, um, but it, then it switches to overall 55s where we have um, Royce Lewis and Hunter Green, who were one and two in last year's draft. Um, I, I think maybe I would put him somewhere right around there. Uh, you know, Green has you know, more upside, uh, but there's more risk and, and potential to him not to reach that ceiling. Um, you know, Mize is a safer bet, but you know doesn't have the quite as much uh, of the upside potential. So I think it might depend on you know where you land on 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 the, those those sort of areas. Uh, I think I might put him behind, right behind Hunter Green, so maybe right around number twenty overall. Jim, do you agree, or is this going to be a fun debate after the draft? Well, the other thing to remember, too, is we'll probably shift these guys around as well. And, like, looking at our current list, because of graduations, I mean, there's only 1360s on here um, as of now. We, we probably will make him a 55 overall to, to make him better, I think, integrate with the guys on the list. I, I like him more, you know, comparing apples to apples. You know, last year, if you're counting Brendan McKay as a first baseman, Kyle Wright was the best college pitching prospect in the draft. Um, and I think he's better than Kyle Wright, and Kyle Wright right now is number 26 on our list, so I think he goes above there. I mean, you know my, my, my huge love for Mackenzie Gore, and, and Jonathan likes Hunter Green, but at the same time when we redo the list, 
Mackenzie Gore's pitched eight innings because of a blister, and Hunter Green, you know, has got a seven one eight ERA with more hits and strikeouts in low A. So my guess is, like, I, I think Casey Mize probably fits around twenty five, and my guess is we may move some of these other guys down too. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are in pretty good sync there. Um, since we last did this podcast, the top 200 draft prospects list has actually changed a little bit, and we've seen this happen a, a few times in recent years where a player just takes himself out of the draft, just makes the decision that he's heading to college and doesn't want to be included in the draft discussion and, and go through all of that before that decision. Mike Vassell has opted out of the draft. He'll attend the University of Virginia, and I thought it was interesting – you guys obviously had to make the decision of who to replace him with in the top 200 list. You went with Josh Stowers. I assumed he would go in at number 200, but he went in actually into the top 150 at number 146. Jim, why the big jump for a guy basically a week after you guys unveiled the top 200 for a new guy to, to kind of rise that high? Well, it's a little bit of an unusual situation, but our uh... – our fearless leader, Jason Ratliff, constantly, constantly cracking the whip for Jonathan and I to write up items as draft buzz so we can keep that part of the website going. And I had written a day or two before <clears throat> about how Josh Stowers, I think at the time, was on this 20 or 22 for 39 hot streak with five homers, and he has some interesting tools that kind of came into the year's potential top three rounds pick. But he'd gotten off to a slow start, and guys were kind of like, eh, fourth to sixth, fifth to seventh round. And, you know, we left him off. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that we easily could have put in the last 25 guys on the top 200. Numbers 201 to 225, which we don't rank. There's not much difference. But anyway, for Draft Buzz, I wrote about how hot Josh Stowers had been and wrote that, you know, hey, if we were doing the list today, because as you know, Tim, because you work on recording what, 200 videos for these guys, um, you know, we have to get the, the list set, you know, it's not set the day before we, it goes live, it's set in advance, and I, and I just wrote when I was writing about Josh Stowers that if we were doing the list today, or, you know, the day I wrote it, that, you know, he probably would project in the middle of the 100, the 200 range, so when he, when uh, Vassal took himself out of the draft, Stowers was the obvious guy to add, and we kicked it around a little bit. I, I, Jonathan, I don't know if you were around. I know Jason and I were going back and forth on Twitter a little bit about it, and I kind of was like I could see it either way. It looks a little odd. But at the same time, we literally just wrote this guy would fit in the middle of the 100 to 200 range. So instead of trying to you know, just make it look good, okay, let's add the guy in the back. Why don't we put the guy where he fits? And that's just the nature of doing these lists. When I was at, at Baseball America, you had to do these lists – even earlier, because we had a print edition. So we would get our top, I think, a couple hundred prospects lined up, like, in early May. And I remember, and I forget what draft year it was now, but Noah Syndergaard you know, just missed making my Texas list. And people don't know much about Noah as an amateur. I mean, he was really kind of the, the ugly duckling turning into a swan in high school. Um, and going into his senior year, the guys were still not really sure what to make of him. And he was okay to good, but not great early. So we left him off our list when we did it. And then he went on this, like, really inspired playoff run where it seemed like every week he was striking out 15 guys and, and throwing a couple of miles an hour harder um, and I remember writing about him when we expanded, you know, we do state lists, or we did at Baseball America, and, you know, and wrote him up as like, hey, this guy's not on the 200, but there's a good chance this guy could go in the top two rounds, and he did. So it's just, there's always going to be guys like that. I mean, we don't make changes. We don't update the list 
I mean, Johnson, you know, I mean, we could sit here and move a bunch of guys around based on you just did a mock draft, and I'm sure there's some guys you might feel are a little bit low or a little bit high on our list right now, but it's just kind of the nature of, of having to have a deadline for getting the list done. And, you know, this was an unusual circumstance where, A, a guy took himself out, and, B, we had literally just written the day before that if we added this guy in, he'd fit in the middle of the 100 to 200 range. Yes, we could tweak uh, we could add guys, you know, if, if there was a way, a mechanism to, you know, update things quickly, and, and yes, we could make all sorts of changes, you know, based on what we're hearing and conversations we're having. So I, I don't have a real problem with it. That list is so fluid, even more so than, you know, than our, our minor league top 100 list and the top 30 list, which, uh, you know, do change uh, based on performance. But this is just uh, it's such a, a volatile thing that, uh, you could constantly uh, tweak it, and you know, every year I, you know, I always look back and be like, oh, I guess we should have had that guy higher based on, you know, where they went and what we heard after the fact or even last minute. So, uh, you know, it, it's uh, sort of a mini market correction, uh, like we're doing with our top 100 list a couple times this year, uh, but for our draft list this time. All right, very good. A couple other questions I have for you guys before we get to your little draft. Uh, one of them being. Who's going to be the quickest to the majors? Every year there's talk on draft night, it seems, that, that there's a college arm that could you know, find his way to a big league club at, by the end of the season um, or, or early the next year. And, and sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. But if you had to pick a guy in this draft right now, and I'll start with you, Jonathan, that you know, is going to be the first guy to make it to the big leagues, who is it? Uh, I feel like I need to find some like reliever. Well, well you, you, you can put. Well, this is interesting, Jonathan. This is almost like uh, the newlywed game or something because I don't think it's posted yet. But I tackled this very question in the pipeline inbox. Oh, we'll go I up should, later so the I day we record this. I have to. I have to guess who you're going to. Well, no, you we'll, we'll just see how well we match up if we're thinking along the same lines. And 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 the reason I, I jumped in was I actually started. You, you and I are both veterans of this question. We get asked it every year. And I said, well, the, the best choice is almost always a college reliever. That, that's how I began my answer. So. Right. Um, so, you know, it, a lot of it can depend on what a team wants to do. You know, if someone takes, say, Shane McClanahan and puts him in a bullpen, I, you know, from South Florida, I don't think it would take very long for him to get to the big leagues. He could probably get big league hitters out right now with his fastball and changeup combination. Left-handed, he throws 100 miles an hour. But it would take a team putting him in the bullpen at least to start to, to get him there in a hurry. Um, so that, that, that was the first guy that, that, jumped, uh, that jumped to my mind in, ter- in terms of that. In terms of a, of a starter who I think won't take very long, I mean, I think Brady Singer is not going to take very long to show that he can get big league hitters out. As far as uh, if it's to be this season, Jim, it kind of has to be a contending team as well, doesn't it? I mean, a team that is not in the playoff hunt isn't going to look down on a guy they just drafted and say, hey, maybe this guy can help us out at the big league level. It has to be a situation. I mean, remember Brandon Finnegan, um, obviously the Royals being Chris in a playoff Hale hunt. Chris did it with another guy they kind of did it yeah. with. So that kind um, of factors into this as well. If it's going to be this season. Correct, because there's no point in putting the guy in your 40-man roster Years before you have to either, but but the the guy I went with, I went with Durbin Feltman, the, the relief pitcher out of TCU. He's got two well above average pitches and a, and a fastball that gets up to ninety nine and a power slider. He's got like 
you know, video game numbers. It's like a sub one ERA and a seven to one strikeout to walk ratio. And I think opponents are hitting like 150 off of him. But again, if if Durbin Feldman gets drafted by a non-contending team, there's no point. It, it's tougher with the starters because they've pitched more innings too. You know, like like Casey Mize is another guy. Casey Mize has the stuff and the control. He could hold his own in the big leagues right now, but he's also going to have pitched a bunch of innings, just like Brady Singer will have too. So I, I can't see a team putting one of those guys up. But, but just for the for the purposes of the inbox, I actually kind of broke it down by demographic, and I went with Durbin Feltman as your as your college reliever, Casey Mize as the college starter, Nick Madrigal as the college hitter, and then my my, my high school guys were uh, uh, Matthew Libertor as the left hitter, as the pitcher, and then Jared Kelnick as the hitter. There you go. That's in-depth on that answer for sure. Uh, one more for you guys. I want to know highest ceiling. Um, obviously, a lot of things go into the number one pick. It's not necessarily the guy that a team thinks has the chance to have the highest ceiling. There has to be some sort of safety in that thought process that you can't swing and miss on a number one pick or even maybe a top three, four, five pick. So sometimes the guys with the highest ceiling don't necessarily go at the very top of the draft. So I want each of you to go with the guy that in this draft, who do you think has the chance, if everything goes right, to be the biggest superstar in the 2018 draft? Jim, you can go first on this one. Um, thinking here, um, I don't know if there's a hitter, that, a position player that blows me away as like a true – you know, five-tool guy who's going to hit 300 with 30 homers. Um, so I guess it would be a pitcher. You know, I mean, it, it might be Carter Stewart uh, for me, like off the top of my head. It might be Carter Stewart because you're talking about a guy who's got a, a super spin rate curveball that's got higher spin rates than, than, than the best curveballs in the big leagues. And he's been up to 97, 98 miles an hour. Um, so I, I guess I'll go with Carter Stewart over any of the position players. And, and unlike myself, I will not give three answers like I usually do these questions. My I will goodness, just stick with Carter on? Stewart. Uh, he's leaving plenty of options for you then, I, I know. I usually preempt Jonathan by, by answering like four <laughs> or five guys. Right, exactly. And then, then there's silence from me. Um, you know, uh, Stewart was actually the first one I looked at. I mean, adding the fact that he's six six and probably should be able to add strength. Um, uh, it, it, that's a it, that's a good choice. I guess if I were going to pick a position guy, I probably would pick Jordan Adams, um, who we saw Tim at the uh, at the NHSI, and it was a bit of a baseball coming out party for him. Uh, you know, and this is of course if he opts to go and play baseball, uh, he has a chance to play football and baseball at North Carolina. Uh, you know, tremendous athleticism. Uh, good feel for the game, considering he, you know, he splits his focus. Haven't seen him a ton against really good competition, uh, so it, you know it may take a little while. But a lot of the raw tools are there for him to become that that kind of multi-tool superstar type player uh, once he starts focusing on on baseball full time. So he's the only position player that popped into my head. Um, I think, by and large, with this class, though, that you know the, the the high upside guys come in the in the form of those high school arms, starting with Carter Stewart. Yeah, Adams is that one toolsy, five tool type guy in in that draft that has that potential. But you're right, you know, we'll see if he actually is part of the 2018 uh, class as far as guys that sign and go ahead, or if, or if we have to wait a few more years and maybe after his time at North Carolina. 
All right, before we get to this draft, uh, we want to take a second to tell you about Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. Baseball season is in full swing, which means it's time to track your fantasy roster. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association five years in a row. And one reason why is the Yahoo Fantasy app. The app will help you get the expert advice and analysis you need to make moves like a big league general manager and to crush your league. The app allows you to trade and manage your team right from your phone. Sign up by downloading the Yahoo Fantasy app or going to yahoo.com backslash fantasy baseball. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball, the official fantasy game of Major League Baseball. All right, one thing I didn't do is... uh, pick who is going to go first in this draft. Obviously, we kind of know who the player might be, so I'm going to flip a coin. Jonathan, heads or tails, go. Tails. You belong. You have the number one pick. So wow. You are the I mean, Detroit. The big question is, are we going serpentine? Uh, <laughs> it's your There's only two of us. We always Come have on. to ask if we're going serpentine. All right, it Come is on. a serpentine no. two-person draft. No. It's <laughs> no. not serpentine. You're alternating back and forth. Okay, that's fine. I'm just asking. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> you're, you're picking as if you're all different teams, too. I mean, you're not, you're not picking who the Tigers are going to pick, Jim, Jim but you are ten first. different just, teams, so to just speak. Just trying to find a way to say the word serpentine during the podcast. Well, yeah. that's who, but, but I want the second and third picks if I could have them, so I'm just checking. I clearly, hey, just to clarify, we're picking who we think is the best player. We're not. The, Jonathan is not pretending he's Al Avila and worrying about signability or what the Tigers need. He's just picking the best guy. Correct. Yes. Yes. Or the guy that I like best. And I will mention who Jonathan picked in this spot, according to the mock draft as well, just to kind of compare the two things. But, Jonathan, Detroit Tigers are the number one pick, but who would you take number one? I am going to contemplate this answer while thinking about Jim running around his house like Alan Arkin. In the in-laws. Serpentine, serpentine. Serpentine, serpentine. Um, You know, I didn't want the number one pick. Can I trade it? Uh, You know what? I think what I'm going to do is... uh, I'll take the number one pick if you don't want it. What? Uh, I'll take it if you don't want it. You, you, you know what? You go ahead. You take the number one pick. Wow. You know, I'll just go ahead and take Casey Mize. I okay. mean, he could have been the highest ceiling, too. I mean, he's got probably the best pitch in the draft in his split changeup. He's got a plus fastball. He's got a plus slider that he could turn into a plus cutter or even close to a plus curveball. He's got tremendous control and command. Um, so I, I would take Casey Mize number one overall. I don't think he's Steven Strasburg. I'm not saying he's a million light years ahead of everybody, but I'll take Casey Myers number one overall. All right, and number two, which I think but is You didn't gonna... mention who Jonathan had in his mock, though. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that one was obvious. Jonathan has Kinda. Casey Mize in the mock. He's been the number one guy all along. So yeah. like, like the mock and like we expect on Monday night, Jim goes with Casey Mize number one. So number two is the Giants, and according to the mock, Jonathan, Joey Bart will go to the Giants, but who would you take? I would not take Joey Bart, and this is why, and this is why I wanted to wait. I probably would have taken Casey Mize number one, but I, I just want to take the guy that I like the most, um, and that's Matthew Libertor, uh, the high school lefty. Uh, out, friend of the uh, podcast. Arizona, friend of the podcast. Um, joined us uh, podcast from the broadcast booth at uh, USA Baseball, in fact. Um, I, I just like the combination of his feel for pitching for a high schooler. Uh, you know, he's got now four pitches. He added a slider this spring because he could. 
and it flashes plus. Um, but he's also 6'5 and 200 pounds. I think he's going to add strength. Um, and I think there's more in the tank. He actually came out this spring, was throwing a bit harder. Uh, actually lost a little bit of command as a result. I think find that middle ground. So I think there's actually more to, uh, more to come uh, with him in addition to his really, really good field for pitching. So he's my guy. So the college polished pitcher at number one and then the more raw high school upside guy. He's not that raw. Not that raw in Libertor. And he's number four as far as the top 200 list goes. So the third pick belongs to the Phillies. And, Jonathan, in your latest mock, you have Nick Madrigal going to the Phillies. Jim, who would you take? Um, I would consider uh, Madrigal there. And I would have considered – I mean, I think Casey Mize is is the front runner right now. And then I think there's about – five or so guys who are pretty close and you could argue them in different orders and I don't necessarily disagree with taking Libertor too. I, I will I will take Brady Singer. Um I, I just believe in that guy. I, I think maybe the ceiling isn't like through the roof like Carter Stewart's ceiling is, but it's still a guy who could be a number two or three starter and I think the floor is very high and he's gonna get there very quick, which I isn't the reason I would necessarily take him. I, I just think he, he's really good and I guess making these picks, I'm kind of trying to do a combination of ceiling and floor. And I think uh, of the guys left on the board, Brady Singer's got the best combination of ceiling and floor. It's a neat pick, too, I think, because I know Major League teams are just taking the player they think is the best talent for the most part. But when you look at where the Phillies are right now, where it looks like they're about ready to really start, I mean, they are contending right now in 2018, but about ready to, to go into a nice little window here, he would be a guy that would get up there quicker, too, and, and help that pitching staff. So that that's kind of a cool pick at three. The mock draft, Jonathan, you have Singer going four to the White Sox. Uh, he's off the board now, so who do you take number four? Yeah, that's a shame. I like that pick. Um, I, I will uh, sort of flip what I did in the mock, and I will take uh, Nick Madrigal, who, yes, he's five foot seven. Uh, yes, he's probably better suited to play second. Um, although he can play shortstop, he just he doesn't mostly because of Caden uh, Grenier, and uh, who's a terrific shortstop. But he can really hit, and he's got a long track record of hitting. Uh, you know, even though he's you know quote unquote undersized, I think he's going to impact the baseball more than enough. I, you know, I don't think he's ever going to hit 25 homers or anything like that. But there's extra base pop there. He can run. Um, you know, he has hit everywhere he's been. Even this year, when he had a, he had a broken wrist, he came back and basically was raking the second he came back. And uh, you know, I believe in the hit tool, and, and, and I think he's another guy who, you know, I think you know Jim said he was the the college hitter he put on his list of quickest to the big leagues. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy that uh, could you know, potentially, you know, go right to double A to start his first full season and, and only take like a year to get to the big leagues uh, because of his approach at the plate and his ability to, to make consistent hard contact. On the mock draft, you actually had back-to-back Gators with Singer going four and then Jonathan India, the third baseman for Florida, going number five. That's to the Reds. Jim, who would you take at number five? I'm torn between two guys here. and uh, You can't take two, it, not, not this time. What's that? No, I'm not taking two. Um, I'm going to take Joey Bart. Like I thought about Carter Stewart here, but you know I think there's a ton of position value in getting the the guy who's clearly the best catcher in the draft, short on catchers. You know Bart's a guy who came out of high school. Got guys liked him back then, but there was some question: Is this guy really going to be a long-term catcher? The answer is yes. He's gotten a lot better behind the plate. 
He's got a better approach this year. He's got all kinds of power. So I'll, I'll take the power hitting catcher who's going to be a solid defender behind the plate, and I'll take Joey Bart at number five. All right, moving on to number six. It's the New York Mets pick. Jonathan, your mock has Alec Baum going. Who would you take? I'll take Carter Stewart. Um, you know, for the all the reasons that we've laid out in, in terms of his upside, his now stuff, the plus breaking ball, uh, plenty of velocity, you know, uh, as Jim pointed out, up to 97, 98. Um, he's going to add strength so he could stay up there uh, consistently. He, uh, he has a change-up. He obviously doesn't uh, need it very often in the high school ranks, but there's a feel for it, so I think it'll, it'll be good. Um, you know, he throws, he throws plenty of strikes. Uh, you know, I think that uh, the only reason he's not being mentioned close to the top is he, he scuffled a little bit uh, late, uh, I think, and, and then also the sort of high upside high school guys often uh, sort of settled down a little bit. His name is being mentioned in different parts of the top ten, uh, but uh, I am happy to roll the dice on his upside. The Padres have the number seven pick, and they would be thrilled, I think, if Matt Libertor fell to them at number seven. Jonathan, that's what you have on the mock draft. Jim, he's not available for you here at seven. Who would you go with? Yeah, and, and I do think that you know we're not. You know, if, if I was picking for the Padres, I think everybody kind of feels they're taking a high school pitcher, um, which is is not what I'm going to do here. I'm going to take Jared Kelnick um, here, and I think he's going to be real interested to see where he falls in the draft because. I really think he's in the mix for teams all over the top ten, but I'm not sure he's going to be at the top of anybody's board when it comes time to pick him. Like, and he might last a little bit longer than he should. But you know, this guy's the the best high school hitter in the draft. I think you're, you could. I think he's got more power maybe than, than people expected. I think he's that good of a hitter, and he keeps getting better. Um, you know, can he stay in center field? That's a maybe. It, it's not a yes. It's a maybe. But it's pretty solid tools across the board. And I, I've just been fascinated by him. I'm not, uh, and I know John. Isn't either. I, I say I, I hate I hate comps when they're forced, and but everybody's always asking who's the comp, who's the comp, who's the comp, and so on the top picks I'll often ask scouts who's your comp because I know I'm going to get asked by MLB.com and MLB Network, and I got a uh, my, my favorite college player when I was on the college beat for about ten years with Baseball America was Mark Kotze. Loved Mark Kotze. And I had a guy give me a, a more athletic Mark Kotze as the comp for Jared Kelnick, and I was like, okay, I, I'm all in. Like, like, I'll just take regular Mark Kotze, but if I get more athletic Mark Kotze, even better. So I, I'm taking Jared Kelnick at, at number seven. I, I really, really like him, and I, I think he might be a steal for somebody. He, he might go a little bit lower than, than he should on, on draft night. So in this exercise, Kelnick would be the high, first high school position player to go on your mock draft Jonathan, you actually have Nolan Gorman as the first high school position player to go. You have him going number eight to the Braves. So who are you going to take number eight to the Braves or to the Mayos? To the Mayos. Um, I do like Nolan Gorman. However, I think uh, I'm going to go the college uh, run-producing hitter, and I will take Alex Baum from Wichita State. Uh, He can hit uh, and hit for power, manages the strike zone well. Uh, you know, there's a lot to like in, in terms of, of his offensive profile. Now, beyond that, there are questions. You know, whether he can stick a third is in question, so he may be a right, right, first baseman. Then he's really going to hit. Uh, but, but I believe in the bat enough, uh, you know, not, not necessarily to take him 
with one of those first couple of picks. Um, but uh, at number eight, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good fit. So of the first eight picks here that we've had go in this little fun exercise, uh, they've all been from your top ten draft prospects list. So there's two guys remaining in that list. We'll see if it continues to match up that way. But the number nine pick belongs to the Oakland Athletics. Jonathan, you have them taking Travis Swaggerty, who's actually number 11 in the top 200 list. Jim, who would you take? See, if this were, if I was making the pick and we had the MLB cameras in the war room, I was like pumping my fist because I wanted Nolan Gorman. So uh, <laughs> when Jonathan passed on him, uh, it's like the, the, the callous war room of the, the Oakland Calluses was like cheering uh, a little bit. I, I'll take Nolan Gorman at nine. Um, I thought about Jonathan India here. Uh, I'm going to go for a little bit higher ceiling. Um, I, I mean, I know we have him ranked behind Alec Baum on our list, which is you know somewhat a reflection of the industry and not just my thoughts or Jonathan's thoughts. But I, I like Gorman better than Baum. I think he's got more power. I think he's got the best power in the draft. I think... I don't think Alec Baum sticks at third. I think he's a good player, but I think he is a first baseman. I think Nolan Gorman can can be a fine. You know, I'm not saying Gold Glover, but Nolan Gorman can stick at third. You know, Baum has a little bit or a better chance to hit. I think people feel better about that because hey, you know, he's got more walks and strikeouts in college, and there's a stat we can look at. But I'm taking Nolan Gorman. Uh, I'm I'm excited to get Nolan Gorman at nine. Can you sense? Can you sense my excitement? That's how excited I am. I sense the excitement for sure. So through nine picks here, we actually have more position players uh, than pitchers who have gone so far. And back-to-back, at least now, third baseman. You said you have some doubts about Baum long-term there, Jim. Uh, So the 10th pick is the, fittingly, Pittsburgh Pirates, and it belongs to Jonathan. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. If we were to extend this, we we could make the argument that position players uh, went early because I think there's more pitching depth. Um, as I'm saying that, I think, however, I am going to take another pitcher, and uh, this is in one case where I think my pick will match up with my, with the mock, and I'll take uh, Cole Wynn uh, from Orange Lutheran, uh, another NHSI standout, pitched really well, uh, you know, transferred from Colorado, uh, and it has paid off. He has been as consistent as just about anybody. Uh, in the class, he, he, he's not, you know, the super high upside projection, you know, uh, you know, like uh, like Carter Stewart, um, but he's got plenty of good now stuff. Um, he's you know, flashed three plus pitches at times, so if you believe that he can get to the plus consistently, you're talking a, a front line starter, and uh, you know his name has been mentioned uh, higher than ten. Uh, you know, so this is a guy who fits into that top 10 picture for sure, so I'm happy to get him at 10. Matt Blood would like this top 10 list. Three guys from that National High School Invitational uh, back in the spring. Good stuff with Cole Wynn and then uh, um, Libertor and Gorman all being a part of that tournament. Good stuff. So it's Casey Mize 1, Matt Libertor 2, Brady Singer 3, Nick Madrigal 4, Joey Bart 5, Carter Stewart 6, Jared Kelnick 7, Alec Baum 8, uh, Gorman nine, and then Cole win ten, and Jonathan India eleven. And Jonathan India would go. There are no more 11. picks. What are you doing? <laughs> As Come we on. expand uh, live here, uh, Jim, you like you like the way that pans out. Obviously, um, I feel like for the most part, those are a lot of the players we're going to go see see go in the top ten or eleven picks, but not necessarily to those teams. 
Yeah, no, I think that's right. Um, and I, I like doing this exercise because, again, when we set the top 200, I think we're trying to it, – it's not just, hey, I like this guy and Jonathan likes that guy. We're, we're trying to reflect industry consensus. And, and there are certain guys we maybe like a little bit better than the industry does, and that's why I like doing this exercise. But of those 10 guys, I, I mean, I think Jonathan India is going to go in the top 10. But I think other than that, like – you know, so that means all one of these guys can't, but I'll bet nine of our ten guys go in the top ten picks uh, on Monday night. Agree, Jonathan? Yeah, no, I do. Uh, and it may, you know, maybe Kelnick's the one who doesn't go. Uh, you know, Gorman doesn't go eight to the Braves. There's no one else in the top ten is looking at him. Uh, so, so there are Stewart a couple of options. Stewart could get squeezed a little maybe yeah, Stewart, because of the Stewart, Stewart pitching. could end up dropping. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there are uh, some options of guys that could fall outside of the top ten. Now they may not fall that far, but uh, but but they they could slip out. But yeah, no, I think I think most of those guys um, you know have the uh, have the chance to to go in the top ten as just as we picked them. The draft is almost here. Tune in. It's Monday, live on MLB Network and streamed on MLB.com as well. Pre-draft show, 6 o'clock Eastern time. The actual draft gets going at 7 Eastern. That'll be rounds 1 and 2, along with the supplemental picks along with those. And then Tuesday, it'll be rounds 3 through 10. And Wednesday, rounds 11 through 40 in the uh, lightning round version of the draft on Wednesday. So a lot to tune into, and we will do another podcast once you guys have recovered from the draft, I guess, later next week, hopefully. Well, that'll be like a month from now. So you're saying we're not yeah. podcasting for a month? We'll, uh, we'll let the dust settle at least a little bit. Uh, but, no, sometime next week I'm going to force you guys back to the, to the phone lines uh, to do another one, and we'll, we'll kind of look back on the draft uh, on the next podcast. But great stuff in this one. That's going to do it for another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. For Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in.